Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, my name is Annie McManus. You are so welcome to Changes This Week, revisiting two of my absolute favourite episodes. This week, you are going to be hearing from the actor and singer and all-round legend that is Billy Porter and also TV star and national treasure, Davina McCall. Uh, Let's kick off with Davina. So, loved by the nation for her absolute ease around people, her incredible smile, her sense of humour, her self-deprecation. And in this chat, as well as going into some of the mad stories in her life, of which there are many, uh, we talked about the menopause, something which isn't discussed enough. A topic that Davina has really decided to explore and I don't know if champion's the right word, but just try and raise awareness with her TV shows and her book and all of that. She's become kind of a spokeswoman when it comes to menopause and the kind of mistreatment of it and the lack of awareness of it for, for British women today and British men. Davina started the conversation by discussing her mum leaving for Paris and not coming back, leaving Davina with her granny, something which she felt led to a subsequent fear of abandonment as well as drug addiction in later life. We jump in here after I ask if there was a reckoning as an adult and a need to look backwards in order to move forwards in a healthy way. Davina revisits a time when she went to see a hypnotist, originally because she had to go in a submarine for a TV job. She describes what happened. He said, what you have is a lack of trust, which we can work on. And he said also a fear of abandonment, because we talked a bit about, you know, my drug use and my childhood. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, when we went under, he said, uh, would you like me to... uh, When you feel your lack of trust, where do you feel it? And I said, in my chest, like there's a tightness in my chest. And he said, "Okay, if if I said to you, would you like me to take away your lack of trust, what would you say? And I said, yes. And he said, when you feel your fear of abandonment, where do you feel it? And I said, in my heart. And he said, if I said to you, would you like me to take away your fear of abandonment, what would you say? And there was a pause and I'm, un- I'm hypnotised. And in my head, I'm going, say yes, say yes, say yes. And I said, what do you mean? And in my head, I went, why did you just say that? And he went, well, if I said I could take it away for you, what would you say? Would you like me to do it? Yes or no? And I said, no. And he brought me round and I came round and I remembered everything. I said, why did I say no? He said, well, let's talk about that. Why do you think you said no? And I realised that I thought, because I'd grown up with a fear of abandonment, that I am... Defines you. That is who I am. So, yeah, like, can I present long-lost family if I'm... if I don't have that? Can I be empathetic anymore? Am I going to completely change as a human if this pillar of my entire being is removed? And then he, he was brilliant. He said, I do this for people all the time. You won't change. You've still had all your life experiences. 
You've still lived through all of that, but you just won't be ruled by this fear that governs decisions that you make on a daily basis. I said, well, that sounds great. Like, bring it on. So the next time I went to see him, he put me under. He asked me the same question, but this time I said yes. And then he said, okay, we're going to go back to the first time that you felt abandoned. And interestingly, it wasn't when my mum said goodbye because I, I didn't think she, I thought she was coming back. I think the first time I felt abandoned was like later. I remember sitting in the kitchen wondering if mum was going to come back, but then feeling like it would be rude to ask my granny if my mum was going to come back, but I didn't know what was going on. And I went back and visited that little girl and he said, take her to your safe place. There must be a safe place somewhere where you used to live. And it was under a tree in the garden. And he said, sit her down. And he said, comfort her. Because uh, he said, well, how's she looking? I said, she looks a bit worried. And he said, comfort her. And I said, I feel stupid. Mm. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, this is weird. And he said, comfort her as if she was one of your own children. Right. So I was like, okay, I know how to do that. So I put my arm around her. And I said, put your head here. And she put her head on my chest. Oh, and I was, ooh, I was stroking. I was stroking her hair. And I said, you know, you're right. And she was like, she kind of nodded. And then he said, tell her it's all going to be all right. And I God. got really upset and I was really crying. And I said, I can't tell her it's all going to be all right. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, it's not going to be all right. She's going to become an addict. She's going to get into some terrible messes through drug addiction and through make terrible choices and end up in, you know, it's bad. And he said, but look at you now. And I was like, oh, oh God, it is all going to be all right. And it like blew my mind. And I thought, oh, I don't have to live in the past of it wasn't all right. It all comes good in the end. And I could hand on heart tell her, you're going to wow. be fine. Like, everything's going to be okay. And I told her that, and I just kept telling her that. And then he said, she's all right now. Because I was like, oh, we're all going to be okay. <laughs> oh, and, then, and then he said, you can take her back. And I was like, I don't want her to go. And he said, you've got to leave her now. You've got to, like, you've got to leave her in this place. But you've, you've told her, she knows. So I sat her down in the kitchen, and I kissed the top of her head. And he said, you can leave now. But he said, before you leave, just turn around and look at her one last time. And I looked at her and he said, how does she look? And I said, happy. Oh, God. And, and, and so I left. And he brought me round and I really had a good cry. But it was like a shedding. I felt like I was shedding. And I said, I'm happy crying. I'm not sad crying. I just feel lighter. And I said, this was all about Bloomin' going in a submarine. What's going on? Like, yeah. this is more. Yeah. This is deep, right? Yeah. This runs deep. And from that moment on, if I felt that I was mistreated or something unjust was happening, I would stick up for myself. And it, it changed everything. And it's been so healthy. I feel like a completely different person, but still the same. So I guess that was a profound change, like a life changer change, an unexpected one that, you know, when I said earlier about sometimes changes foisted upon you and you don't, you, you're not even asking for it. You just, sure. you didn't even know you needed it. 
and it happens, but it was, it was life-changing, breathtaking. forties, your hormones start going a bit all over the place. And they don't just go straight down. They go down, up, down, down, up, down, 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 up. And these are the hormones that are used to procreate. So all the things that a woman has in her body, that means periods and menstruation Mm -hmm. and having babies. They all, when you, because you stop having periods, they all leave. And it basically means the reason why you call it the change is that you change from being a childbearing woman to a woman that does not bear children anymore. And there's so many implications with that because it's not just physical, it's emotional, it's fucking psychological, mm. it's... And the, fir- and the first time I really came to grips with that at 44, 45 was that this could be the end of me being able to have children even though I definitely didn't want to have any more children. I grieved. There you go. You know, you've got to grieve. Goodbye. Mm. But when you realise that that is that and you're not going to have any more children and you get your hormones in check, there is a rebirth to happen. And in Japan, and I, I've called it this a lot because this is my favourite, favourite way to describe the menopause. I hate the word the menopause. I love the word change, the change which is a very old-fashioned way of saying it, but I love that, is it's our second spring. It's not the fucking autumn. It's not the fucking winter. It's the second spring. And... (laughs) It's my favourite season. I'm into it. We're like spring lambs. So you went on on this very public mission and you've made this documentary which has had a huge huge reaction sex myths and the menopause you're also writing a book menopausing what have you learned Davina about women and the menopause in terms of like what have been your main kind of Mm, ta-da moments learns and ta-da moments Mm. in this journey that Mm. you've made Mm. one of my biggest biggest things is that we need to reframe two things we need to reframe the way that society views menopausal women because they are totally badass like they've been doing their jobs for 30 years they really know their shit they are experienced they are sometimes mothers sometimes not mothers but they've lived an amazing life and are so important to society and to the economy and this idea that so many women leave their jobs high-powered jobs sometimes because they feel, because of the menopause, that they just can't do it anymore. Think what that's doing to the economy. All that wealth of experience and amazing knowledge and power that's just kind of leaving in droves in their 50s because they can't cope anymore because they're menopausal. So we need to get women the education, the correct facts. And, you know, maybe everybody won't want to go on HRT, but you need to know how good it is for your brain function And I am not exaggerating here. HRT works better at reducing the risk of heart disease than statins. That's a fact. Heart disease. I mean, we are protected when we have estrogen. Men are more at risk from heart disease than women. 
But when we lose it, we suddenly overtake men and we are much more at risk from heart disease than they are when we are perimenopausal and menopausal. Mm. So taking that estrogen is, is preventative. So we need to get women educated so that it might not be for you. You might still not want to take it, but at least you've got all the facts at your fingertips. Have you been shocked about how ignorant women are? Yes. And it feels rude to say ignorant because it's not their fault. Like, no, women, I'm ignorant. women are criminally ignorant. Like, it's not OK that women do not know these facts. I wanted to ask you about the word shame and what you've learned in your journey about shame and women when it comes to our bodies. Well, I mean, I think the first thing is, is that women, we're very lucky because we are quite good at talking to each other. So sure. now that we've kind of opened the door, like, it's not embarrassing, let's just say it. Women feel so much shame around these symptoms and embarrassment and I don't know what it is and am I alone and I can't talk to anybody. So the best thing that we can all do as men and women, trans women, non-binary, like whoever you are, whatever you are, talk, 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 talk. That's the Mm. most Mm. important thing Mm. because that alleviates the shame. And I think that one of the biggest areas that we feel shame, we did talk about this on the, is about vaginal atrophy. And vaginal atrophy Mm. is somewhere, there's a lot of shame around that because people get embarrassed about talking about a dry vagina and what can we do? And it's like what you said in the documentary, it's like your vagina has died. Yeah. Like even that phrase is horrific. But (laughs) there's such a simple fix and there's no risk. Even people who've had cancer can take vaginal estrogen. And it mm. will lube up your vagina so it's like all happy and mm. um, like an oasis again. And <laughs> you, and it's an easy prescription, it's an easy fix. There's no risk at all for anything. So that's a really important mm. um, thing because there's, I would say it's, that's the area of most shame. But I think women also are ashamed of getting older and there's nothing to be embarrassed well, about. This is, this is what made me, well, earlier on when you went, I felt old. I felt mm. old. I just, I just, I felt so angry. I mm. could, my fists clenched because, mm. because it's this idea of of shame around that. And also, I think there's something with women where we talk about the period thing you don't want to be reduced to just this corporeal yes. thing you know you fucking worked your ass off you yes. want to be respected for what's up there mm. so suddenly suddenly you have to be like oh it's my body again you know and you know you've worked your ass off through maternity and all that to kind of be more than your body but your body is your body and i i don't know i, I there's so many conflicting emotions i, I feel even now before i've started about it and in terms of the workplace i think that's a really really big key and either that that, you know, workplaces are kind of going, well, give people days off for menopause and stuff. I know so many menopausal women, they don't want a day off and they don't want an air conditioning unit and they don't want, they just want understanding. They just, you know, if somebody in your office says, I just need two minutes to go and stand outside, I'm just having a hot flush and for not nobody to go, oh, you know, it's just yeah. a hot flush for fuck's sake. I'm just going to go yeah. outside, I need two minutes, I'm going to cool off and then I'll come back in again. It's like, it doesn't have to be a thing. We don't have to yeah. make it a, oh my God, do you need to sit down? I don't need to sit down. It's just a hot flush. So it's about yeah. normalising things. But, um, but also the other thing that I think is really important is women who are in their second spring, who are living their best lives. So, you know, my pinup at the moment is Goldie Horn. I mean, I keep going back to it. I saw a video of Goldie Horn on a trampette, trampoline. 
she makes me fucking howl, that woman. I love her so much. And I think, yeah. you know, this is, this, we need to be inspired by women who are five, 10, 15 years ahead of us to go, oh, it's gonna be okay. And I don't think we ever had that before because women didn't count back then. We were invisible. We were kind of told to just sort of quietly disappear into the sunset, but that isn't gonna happen anymore. I'm afraid. Mm. <laughs> Not anymore. Not when Davina McCall's in this world. That's right. Davina McCaw is on a mission and rightly so. Thank you so much again to her. Very grateful for her time and her knowledge and for being so open in this conversation. And if you want to know more about the menopause, of course, you must listen to the full episode, um, which is in the show notes now. And you can watch her documentary, Sex, Myths and the Menopause on 4OD now. All right, the second part of this uh, Changes episode is dedicated to the incomparable Emmy, Grammy and Tony Award winning actor, singer and writer and fashion icon, Billy Porter. You may have come across Billy for his outfits on the red carpet, which are real events. Um, Maybe you've seen him in Pose on Netflix, playing the character Pray Tell. Um, Maybe you read about him being the first openly gay black man to win an Emmy. Well, since we spoke, as well as his Tony Award for Kinky Boots on Broadway, which also earned him his first Grammy, this year Billy received another Tony Award for his work in the musical A Strange Loop. And he's also written and released a memoir, which is called Unprotected, that's had really, really good reviews. Now, before we spoke, Billy was about to go to a screening of his directorial debut, a film called Anything's Possible, about a trans girl and her first crush at school, which is out now on Amazon Prime, by the way. I'll never forget this conversation. Billy has a really, really powerful presence. He's been through an awful lot of trauma in his life and worked really hard uh, with regards to healing as well. And there aren't many people who tackle all the fields Billy does and who gains the success that he's had in all of them whilst overcoming these huge obstacles, prejudices and changes in his life. So we really had to revisit this one. We're going to jump in where Billy talked about his new music and his relationship to change. This is the first time as like a mainstream pop R&B soul music person that the actual music is exactly what I want it to be. And it's not filtered through the lens of some A&R people or some music executive who thinks that they know better than I. Mm. And that has been great. Mm. And lyrically, like thematically, it is so you in terms of this song, in terms of just what you what you seem to live by those rules and yes. and, and that, that kind of belief system. There's a quote uh, in the song, not a quote. Well, there's a lyric that says, "A change starts today. Better wipe those tears away." And this yeah. this conversation is all about change. And I wanted to ask you, Billy, what is your relationship to that word change? It's a really great question. Um... Tony Kushner writes in Angels in America, the world only spins forward. Change is the only thing that is constant and consistent in our lives. There's an old R&B song. Well, to me, I know it's R&B called Everything Must Change. Everything 
must change. Nothing stays the same. Cause that's the way of time. Nothing goes unchanged. There are not many things in life you can be sure of, except rain comes from the clouds, sunlight up the sky, and hummingbirds do fly. You got an impromptu song because Jesus Christ, fuck yes. That, but that is, you know, I heard that song for the first time when I was 14 years old. Mm. You know, it resonated with me in such a profound way because the trauma that I was living in at the time required me to be able to dream beyond my circumstance so I could get out, which meant I had to believe in change. I had to believe that change was inevitable and that change was coming. You know, I lived through a lot of trauma in my childhood. I came from a very religious family, the Pentecostal church, you know, where, you know, being gay was an abomination and AIDS was God's punishment. Um, mm. You know, I was molested by my stepfather from the time I was seven to the time I was 12. You know, I came out at 16 in the middle of the AIDS crisis where sex equaled death, having sex equaled death. It was terrifying. It was traumatizing. And um, I've spent the majority of my life, you know, trying to figure out how to heal it, you know, trying to figure out how to heal the traumas and hopefully be a light for somebody else who may be going through something similar, um, right? That's what we're supposed to be, right? Um, especially as artists, um, I feel like, at least for me, that's that's what I feel my calling is. That's what I feel uh, my purpose, my duty, mm. dare I say my ministry. I talk about that in the book, mm. you know, using that language from the church. That language is from the church. Mm. That's churchy language. Mm. You know, there's a calling on your life and there's a ministry, you know, that is beyond me and beyond my ego. Um, you know, I've been blessed with the gifts and I am so grateful and I want to use them mm. in the right ways. And so I'm trying to do that. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's a quote in an interview you did where you talked about the moment where you told your mother that you had HIV and you said it had felt like a hand was holding my heart clenched for years and it's all gone. Wow. Yeah, it does feel like that, you know, and when the only posture you know is living inside of scarcity Mm. and lack Mm. and shame when the abundance comes and the shame is gone. You still got to get used to it. You know, you still got to, you know, believe in it. Mm. And do you? Believe that it's real. Yeah, I do. I do. It's still a, um, I'm still learning how to do it. I'm still leaning into it, leaning into joy. And that also means understanding Mm. and honoring who I am. And that can be uncomfortable sometimes. Right. On the outside, it can be uncomfortable for the person, but can it can also be uncomfortable for how one is perceived on the outside. You know, we live in this cancel culture now. We live in this social media culture now. And, you know, everybody thinks that their opinion matters. Mm-hmm. You know, many live in this inside of this fake space. Mm-hmm. That means a lot to many people. And there's a lot of like, you know, I'm new to this celebrity thing. You know, it's a, it's it's yeah. intense. Yeah. It's really intense. I have so much more compassion. Not that I didn't have compassion before. Mm. Excuse me. But I have complete compassion mm. for the young people who become famous and are thrown into this sea of pariahs. And what have you felt in terms of public perception of you and how it's changed over the years? Well, I think first and foremost, there's still this idea that fabulous and serious don't go together. One can't be fabulous and serious at the same time. Mm. And I just shatter all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I shatter that. And, um, you know, I'm very fabulous. I've always been fabulous. You know, I've always been. It's just always been the thing that I am. I own that now. Yeah. That's a hard thing for somebody 
some people to receive from from you when yeah. when a person who's in their power understands who they are and can speak that back there, there's there's a you know it that makes people uncomfortable it makes some people uncomfortable but i've learned specifically in the last year i have to know exactly who i am and honor that so that I can be the change that I'm trying to be. How does it feel to be accepted? How does acceptance feel? You know, I have to talk about that word acceptance. There are two words whose power I have needed to retrieve. And that is tolerance and acceptance. To be tolerated and to be accepted means that my value as a human being on this planet is based on somebody else's thought about me. No, I'm done with that. I don't need anybody to accept me. I don't need anybody to tolerate me. This is my truth. This is who I am. And you will respect my humanity or there's the fucking door. That's it. I kind of want to stop. I want to slap the ground right now. I'm done having yeah. conversations about it. I'm done mm. watching governments and institutions put my humanity up for legislation. Every single day of my life, my humanity in this world has been up for fucking legislation. Y'all can kiss my ass. I will validate myself and I'll show y'all what that looks like. We have to teach people how to love us. We have to teach people how to treat us. We have to teach people how to value us. We have to teach people how to honor our humanity on this planet. We have to teach them how to do it. And it's okay, I'm ready. That's what I'll do then. Billy, where do you get your strength from? Your resolve. There's a fuckload of it in there. If you think about every decision you've made in your life, where does this resolve come from? You know, my mother is disabled and I've watched her fight her entire life to be seen. I've watched her show up for her life every single solitary day. You know, we moved her into a nursing home about six years ago. And the biggest fight we had moving her in there was that they weren't getting her out of bed early enough. So don't leave me in this bed till 11 a.m. You get me up at seven when you wake us up. I don't want breakfast in bed. Get me up. You know, she has no mobility, so she has so she's required to depend on everybody else for everything. She's like, get me up. We fought for that for the first month about that. They were like, get me up, get me up. You know, she's like, I need to engage in the world. I need to be out of this bed. Even if I'm not leaving this building, I need to get out of this room. If that's the only thing I get to do, then I need to be doing it. You know, that's my mother. That's where I come from. That's the only thing I've ever known, you know? So it's a very 
that I, you know, I don't know. I didn't have a choice. You know, it was like, it was like, do it or die. Like, it's life or death. The stakes have always been life or death for me. And I chose life. What a force. Thank you so much again to Billy Porter. Uh, Go follow him on Instagram and just watch him being fabulous and succeeding in every way. That was just some highlights from that conversation I had with him. But if you want to listen back to the full episode, obviously go to the show notes and there's a link for it there. And the whole back catalogue of changes is available wherever you get your podcasts. Since we launched in 2020, there's some real good ones in there. Please subscribe, rate the podcast, leave a review if you fancy it. Thank you so much for listening. Changes is produced by Louise Mason through DIN Productions. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.